Welcome to the Shift Spotlight Podcast. I'm Winter, your host and co-founder of The Shift Spot. We are business transformational experts that help business owners and CEOs shift from working in the business to working on the business. My partner, Ken Paskins, and I specialize in helping visionaries achieve breakout results and scale with ease. We say here at the Shift Spot, shift happens, and we believe our knowledge, skill set, and support will help you design your business to give you the freedom and balance you deserve. Also, the Shift Spotlight is always looking for podcast guests, so go to theshiftspot.com and click on podcast. We'd love to have you. Hey everyone, it's Winter with the Shift Spotlight, and today I'm here with Sonia Kudo, and she can be found at converge.com. That's K-O-N-V-E-R-G.com. So Sonia, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So excited to have you here today. And um she is the founder and managing director of Courage. So, like at a high level, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, so I started my tech career at Converge 18 years ago, and I became a managing managing director after the company went through a a shift and and got uh, sold to one of our customers. And then I started a product division uh, off of Converge, uh, which builds SaaS products. And I'm the founder of two of those products that we have uh, built the technology uh, marketed the product and now turned them into uh, global companies that are being sold all over the world. Yeah, it's it's. I looked at your background. It's very very interesting what you do. But what was more interesting to me was that you called yourself a visionary, and I don't often hear CEOs refer to themselves as visionaries. Although that is why most people start companies to begin with. So. What's your take on that? Why do you think you're a visionary versus, you know, you're just in it day to day and your hair's on fire running around? Like there's, you know, the CEO and the visionary. There's two different people. I think you just said it. I It's because I, I'm not in the day to day. I'm always thinking about how to solve problems with technology. And it's not about being a disruptor. It's about what can technology bring to very traditional industries or Uh, to industries that need innovation, like the health space, you know, we've come such a long way. And a lot of that is due to technology. We have machines that can do x-rays and RMIs and all of that stuff. That's all technology-based. So I'm always thinking about, you know, what's next? What's Mm. next? The existing companies that we have, how can we pivot? How can we get, how can we get into other spaces? What can we do with our technology to transform it and help people all over the world, or what can I do next? What's the next startup that's going to change or impact some sort of industry or people's lives? Yeah. So you're like creative and a disruptor. Like you're like a double threat. <laughs> <laughs> I try. Um, so, you know, what are, what are your goals for the company? So which one would you say you're like, are there two companies you're working on? Is it just like the one under the umbrella? Like, Tell us about that. And like, what are your goals over the next two to five years? Where are you headed? Yeah, right now uh, there are two. One is uh, Menusano and the other one's called Field Eagle. And uh, both of these uh, companies were started, started off of Converge, which is a software development company. And I did have a founding team that 
we all together started these two startups. Throughout that time, I lost the entire the entire founding team. So I was sort of left alone um, to figure out what to do with these products. And so I started to basically relaunch both of them. Right now, with the Menusano product, we've had, um, because of COVID, we had really good opportunity to pivot and go into an industry that we didn't initiate initially think that was our industry. Right. And so this, the, right now, we're just building, learning as much as we can about this industry, which is food manufacturing, and understanding what the needs are understanding what the challenges are because we do have competitors in the space but i find that in 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 the food service industry it's very traditional and the big players that are offering technology to those spaces are sort of like if it's not broken don't fix it and a lot of the technology is a little bit old school so we're bringing in you know same same sort of technology but innovative easy to use and always looking at ways to um, pivot. I just recently started what I call the customer board. So because I'm highly involved in these two startup startups that I'm the founder of, and we also build startups for uh, other founders as part of the Converge business, I'm always talking to founders. And I always notice that everyone wants to have like an advisory board or, you know, a director board. And so I thought, that's really interesting because founders want to learn and that's why they put these boards in place. But I have over 200 clients paying for our platform. We're in the food space, um, but we're a tech company. We're not, we don't speak the food language. So right. what can I do that's similar that allows me to learn from my clients, learn the language, speak to them directly and have them involved in our product roadmap in building out the product even further. So mm -hmm. I built a customer uh, board so that we could have direct uh, communication with our customers, have them give us input in our product that they're using now and what could they see it doing for them in the future. And then we work with them to build those features and the technology and understand the requirements. And that's sort of where we are now in that pivot space where we've built a really good solid product. And now we're working with our clients to build things that the industry needs. Right. I, I love what you've done there too, because the advisory board is the first go-to that they seem to really, really do. And how, you know, how often is that advice? How often does it move the needle for the company? Truly, you yeah. know, it's, it's a bunch of people's experiences, which can be, important if you don't have business experience, but it sounds like what you're doing is on a much deeper level and it's really getting to the heart of what owners and founders need. And we all know that owners and founders need, need support. I mean, they just do. So yeah. walk us through like what a, a typical day um, for you as a CEO, like what is your normal day? Um, I get up very early. I'm not one of those people that like exercise it and does a million things. I, I get ready and I like to come to the office when there's no one here because I have like this peace and quiet. I get my coffee and I just spend most of my mornings just going through emails. And then as the team starts coming in, I'm very hands on with the product development part of it. So I, I try to, you know, I'm not a micromanager, but I, I oversee everything, but I'm heavily involved in the product because, well, it's my baby. 
and uh, I, I'm the one who communicates directly with our customer board. So I'm hearing what our customers are saying, and I have to make sure that it's communicated to my team. Tech teams tend to, and I love them to death, but um, they tend to sometimes overcomplicate uh, requirements, overcomplicate, mm-hmm. you know, you want to build a bridge to cross over to the other side and they'll build a rocket ship. So right. I stay very heavily involved to make sure that we're keeping things simple. Uh, we're building to our clients' needs and industry needs and still and still being innovators and staying ahead of the game as much as possible. So my typical day is just like I'm working with all the different teams. I'm figuring out our product roadmap. I'm I still go into client meetings. I love doing demos. So I always uh, work with our sales team to make sure that I'm doing a couple demos a week. And I'll show up to meetings and clients are like, oh, you're the founder and you're doing the demo today. And I'm like, yeah, I want to be involved in these conversations, understand what you think about the product, your feedback while we're doing these demos. So I do a lot of that work. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of my time is really uh, meeting, networking, um, being around other uh, leaders and founders, people I want to learn from. Um, it's a really lonely place to to be, you know, in a leadership position. I can't be friends with my entire team. And so right. I need to be around people that are doing the same things that I'm doing that I can learn from. And then sometimes just sort of have a place where you can vent a little bit. That's yeah. always nice. <laughs> yeah. And they, and they get what you're talking about too. So yeah. tell me about your leadership team. How, how many do you have on your leadership team? Yeah, we're in Toronto and here we have a be- between it depends 15 to 20 and then we have an offshore team in Europe which can vary between 20 to 30 depending on how many projects we're working on. And so then um how, what is your strategy on attracting and retaining talent because it sounds like you're pretty hands off outside of you actively want to be involved in a lot of things. Um, so it, it sounds like you might have a strong team. How, how do you seek them? How do you keep them? Yeah. Um, honestly, I think we just, a couple of years ago, I learned a really hard lesson. I got sick and I needed to go through treatment and do all the stuff. So I had to learn how to be more hands off and learn how to delegate and trust the team that I had hired. I was one of those people that felt like if I wanted something done right I had to do it myself but then when you go through like you know a critical illness and you have no control you sort of have to look to your team and so I really learned a hard lesson in trusting the people I had hired and also realizing that they're the experts that's why I hire them not me and I need them more than they need me so I just sort of try to um, integrate a program where you know we hire junior people we teach them, we help them grow, and then we elevate their career within the company where they can grow into other positions because that's sort of what happened to me working in the company. And I've been here for 18 years. So yeah. we sort of create this environment and we've been lucky that we have people that have been here for over 10, 13, 15 years. And I realize, you know, people are always just sort of going to come and go, but it's really having an environment where people don't feel like they're being micromanaged. And one of the things that I, I work on heavily is with the managers of departments to make sure that they're, they have the same vision that I have and that they're treating their teams in the same way. And that just sort of trickles around uh, through the whole company. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so um, do you believe that the managers and the leaders that you currently have, and, and, and let me just first say, I'm sorry that you went through a sickness and all of that. And, and I have been there. I think um, it is like almost hand in hand with becoming a founder of a CEO. Like I burnt, I ran myself down, you know, and, and just literally broke myself. And it does give you a new perspective. It does take the control freak monster and it it puts it somewhere else because you know we're in this position because we are control freaks you know um not everybody's <laughs> cut from the same cloth but um it does force you uh whether you like it or not and it and it and it makes you never want to get there again you'll do anything yeah. to not get there again but um you know like, do you believe the managers that you have have the right tools to execute the business for the results that you're looking for? Yes and no. Um, I would. I want to say yes, but that's not yes. always true. So part of my job is mentoring those managers mm -hmm. and making sure that they understand what I'm trying to achieve and make sure that we're all on the same page. It's so easy to get wrapped up in the day-to-day -day and frustrations. I'm trying to teach my my team to be more proactive than reactive because I know what it's like to be in a reactive role. I used to be reactive all the time. And yes. the minute I learned not to be reactive, I remember my team had like a, oh, we're coming to you. We're freaking out. Why aren't you freaking out? And I'm like, just let's just calmly try to solve this. So I'm always, that's sort of like my, my tool is teaching them to proactive instead of right. reactive. And when we're getting to that phase where they're feeling like they have to be reactive. Let's let's find a way to deal with it so that it doesn't cause stress for everyone. There's a time to like pull your hair out and run around screaming. There's things that will come up for that. But I always try to keep things calm because I feel like that has an impact on the right. company. I realized a couple of years ago that when I was really reactive or I was in a bad mood or I was frustrated, it had an effect on everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Those days when and I would like, start from the top down and, yeah. and the true owners and, and, and leaders who get that, they, it, their companies transform, but so many don't get that. They just say, what's wrong with this staff? What are they doing? Why are they in a bad mood? And it, and it really does start from the top down. Yeah. I really noticed it. And mm -hmm. I was in a bad mood. Everybody would be on edge. And then what happens is like people become afraid of you, right? Yeah. It's bad enough that it's a male dominated industry and women right. are assertive, have this reputation of being you know, a bee. So I already yeah. have to deal with that. And right. on top of that, you know, like having these reactions. So I just sort of had to learn to, you know, manage the team differently in order to have the results that I needed. Right. So what's been the most difficult part um, in your CEO journey? Yeah, it's just, it's lonely. It's mm -hmm. really lonely. It's, you know, you have days where it's just like, am I ever going to have anybody who understands me, my frustrations and is willing to step up and help me? I think, you know, uh, I've, I've had to deal with that on my own. And I had to come to the realization that like my team, they're here to do a job. They right. don't necessarily have the same burdens that, that I have. And I had to come to a realization. And so that's why I started surrounding myself with other founders and right. other, other leaders 
so that I could have that go-to that I needed and not feel like I was going at this alone. And that served like many purposes for different reasons. And it's just, I think it's also taught me to be better at what I do. And it is a common thing we hear with the owners we work with and on this podcast. I mean, I probably have 85, 95% of the, you know, CEOs, even though they have so many resources, it's lonely at the top. It's lonely. I can't go home to my wife and tell her I suck as a leader, you know, and <laughs> there is not a lot of like places where people can get that help that specifically understand that problem, you know, yeah. specifically to that to that problem. So um, what are the top things that are affecting your company right now? They could be positive or negative. And where do you see yourself investing resources in the next year? Yeah, one of the problems we have right now is we've reached a plateau with the Menusano product and it's really growing fast. So I have to um, I have to build up our sales team in order to support the growth. Right. And I've already, we, we did grow our uh, development team because that was something that we really needed because we were bringing on like just a lot of customers. So I think uh, next is, you know, we want to go into other countries. Right now we're serving Canada, the U.S. and the U.K., but we mm -hmm. want to go into like Central America and other European countries. So um, it's really about like building a solid sales team. Mm -hmm. and uh, continuing to grow our development team so that we can keep up with all the technology and features that we need to build. If you could go back to, we have two more questions here, but if you could go back to your younger self, now that you've been running this company for nearly a decade, um, and give yourself a piece of advice, like knowing now what you know, what would that advice be? Honestly, I used to have a huge problem until like a couple months ago when someone who was with me for like five years, 10 years would leave. I would literally go into a panic mm. and every single time, not, not that those people did anything wrong. A lot of them left on their own, but every single time someone has left, it has been a good thing because yeah. I've, I've, I'm able to analyze that role and say, what do I really need? What do I really want? And, fill that role with, you know, based on what I've learned from having that person on. So I think the piece of advice I would give myself is like, don't panic. People mm -hmm. leaving is not necessarily a bad thing and teach myself to uh, think about it as, as it being a good thing. That, right. that is the biggest struggle I've had in the 18 years I've been in this space. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really, that's really good advice. And then let's end it on a fun note. I sometimes like to start it on a fun note, but um, let's tell our, our listeners an interesting fact about you that people may not know. I actually have my scuba diving license. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so, I, but you I, can't I, do that in Portugal because when we were there, the water is freezing. Yeah. I probably <laughs> wouldn't do it in Portugal. I have heard about people who've dived there and they're like, it's freezing. So probably not. More like the Caribbean and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Hot country. Well, um, anything else you want to leave our listeners with before we wrap up today? Um, no, I mean, I just, uh, you know, keep keep going. Tenacity will take you a long way. And if you're feeling lonely, which I think is a big problem, reach out, find a network uh, for people that, you know, will just want to go out and grab a coffee with you or have dinner. Find Find your, find your tribe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I always say your vibe 
attracts your tribe, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's um, true. So, okay, well, this um, this is Sonia Kudo at Converge, K-O-N-V-E-R-G.com. We have loved having you here today. We wish you continued success. I love everything that you're doing. And um, you're you're really, you're, you are making an impact. So take your own advice and, and tenacity and don't give up on yourself either. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Shift Spotlight podcast. If you are a service-based business owner, CEO, founder, or co-founder with under 10 years of experience, and you are in the trenches of growing your idea or business and want to bring your inspiring story of change, challenge, and success, all while promoting your business and gaining exposure with a remarkable and influential network, we are actively searching for podcast guests who can share their journey. Please visit theshiftspot.com forward slash podcast to apply today. And if you are a listener, I'd love to give a shout out to your business, to our entire audience for free. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts or follow our newsletter by going to LinkedIn and searching The Shift Spot. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean the world to me and my team. We believe every person has a message that can positively impact the world, and we love our community who listens and shares our program. Together, we are empowering one another as shift leaders. Hit subscribe to be inspired and motivated. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you and your growing business. We will see you next time.